This episode of Live in Corporate is brought to you by Blind. Blind is a trusted community of more than 5 million verified professionals. On Blind, professionals connect and have honest discussions about salaries and what it's really like to work at or interview with a company. You can also join your private company channel to have a candid and safe conversation with your coworkers about what's really going on. And because it's anonymous, you can be honest and trust what you read. Check out teamblind.com to get the latest insights and the answers to your workplace questions. Hey, hey, hello, and how are you doing? Welcome and welcome once again to When White People Have Had Enough. My name is Vonda Page and I am the Radical Results Mentor. I am the CEO of Radical Change LLC and I'm also the curator of the Leaders Learn Change Results and ROI Blueprint. But today and uh, for the foreseeable future, I am your podcast host for this show here on the Living Corporate Network. And this podcast is a special series called When White People Have Had Enough. Welcome again. My name is Vonda Page. And When White People Have Had Enough is a podcast series specifically focused on asking that question, when will white people have had enough? And also addressing options and opportunities to really drive a radical change. So welcome. If this is the first time you're just like jumping in or if you are binging, um, I had put together, I think the first 12 episodes and then had a ton of re-strategization that I had to do. And so I did not get to up load all of those um onto the network and so i'm about to get back into it i think it's going to be something like 16 episodes and so from time to time i am going to interject uh with a little bit of music so i can sip on some of my tea or some of my water um because as some of you know i have a little throat um condition which makes my voice dry and then i'm doing these different teas and things and sometimes they um make my mouth dry because of the different herbs or whatever but um sometimes I'm gonna be stopping and sipping but you know what hey this is a podcast and good it's only audio so you can't see any like tea or water like dribbling down my chin um but for those who are like just kind of stepping in uh, for the first time and just kind of meeting me or getting to know what this podcast is about the way I initiated it and the way it really came about was as of the June 24th, 2022, um, you know, kind of uh, final passing that Roe v. Wade was going to be um, eliminated for people who are capable of giving birth. And it really just set off something in me that said, you know, I cannot wait any longer. I can no longer not address um, people who need to uh, have a very clear understanding of what is happening and who need to recognize that if they do not take immediate action, yo, we are going to be even more effed than we are. And I think that it's time to bring that question out in a more 
in a more candid manner, right? So I spent more than 30 years working in corporate America. And in a lot of that time, I was in roles and positions where, you know, although I was definitely trying to support, um, you know, whomever I was reporting to, I may not have necessarily agreed in the method or the means by which they were going about it, especially when it comes to, you know, dealing with talent, dealing with the implementation of technology, as well as the impact of such and then you know all of the issues um surrounding how black indigenous and uh people who are capable of giving birth are treated in the workplace right um in addition to people who do not appear white and who do not have what i call an american sounding accent right because even brown and black people with british accents and spanish accents um, you know, are heavily discriminated against. But if your skin is white, you are all right. Okay. And so that phenomena and that observation and that lived experience, right, uh, certifies me to have the conversation as I have seen just a um, much more quicker than anticipated demise of human rights at the hands of inaction and um just plain oh not paying attention from white people okay that noise in the background because as you see i am not <laughs> in a professional um podcast studio having this digitally remastered yet uh because that is coming hopefully all from september forward will be clean but it could even happen august 4th first going forward but that's my dog uh barley page she is a 10 and oh a half she had her half birthday we celebrate half birthdays in the page family uh barley page is 10 and a half her birthday is actually january 12th um of 2012 she is 10 years old um she and my daughter are like half uh apart right so we got barley when my daughter was 10 and now my daughter is 20 but anyway that is barley snoring um which is kind of weird because she's under the desk and it's one of those um kind of fancy desks and so and i had these little noise things under it but anyway i guess it's not mattering you can hear her snoring so it's cool she had a uh a rough y'all rough 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 five hours at doggy daycare we're having a heat wave here in oregon and i took my girl to get some air while i went to um get uh, uh an appointment and then go to my office and i decided to work from there so i worked from the office and then i picked her up and now she is snoring like she been you know working on a uh in the coal mines you know in west virginia you know on a july night or something like that so that's what that noise is in the background so <laughs> i just felt like i need to share that with y'all okay okay so right uh when white people have had enough this podcast where did it come from how did i come up with the idea this whole nine yards okay i told you that when uh more than half of all uh americans oh my goodness the dog well all more than half of all americans you know lost their um you know, uh, autonomy right over their own health care. And now we'll be forced to give birth in many, many states across America. It really spurred me to ask that question. How far are white people going to let 
uh, America go before they decide to really take up and really do something, right? Like we're letting kids die in the street. Uh, now they're going to be forcing kids to have babies, right? The kids that they's letting die and that's killing, they locking up is all black and brown. But now that they're going to force all your white children to have babies that they don't, that don't want to, right? And if you are a grown up and you have the money and the means, they talking about locking your ass up, right? And they're talking about arresting people. So this episode, episode four, y'all, when white people have had enough, this episode, um, you know, comes straight out of the news on July 1st. 2022 that your president, our president, President Joseph R. Biden, Joseph Robinette Biden, by the way, uh, he declared (laughs) in a statement or predicted, and I don't mean to laugh um, at the statement, but it's just, I'm thinking about, we have like a 10,000 year old man as president and it's super embarrassing, but you know, it's not my fault. You know, so I don't really care. (laughs) I mean, I care, but it's just super embarrassing, but I'm not embarrassed because like white people have told me it's not my country, right? It's y'all's country. So y'all should be embarrassed. Y'all should have been embarrassed for the last, um, <laughs> y'all should have been embarrassed since 2015, but y'all don't seem to take embarrassment because you don't really have any shame, but that's a whole nother thing. But the thing is that white people, y'all are going to have to decide what kind of country and what kind of place you want. My thing is at this point, so right now, right, President Biden on July 1st, he said that he's predicting women will be arrested when they cross the border to cross state lines to get abortions. And um, I'm just telling y'all straight up, there is no prediction. First and foremost, it's not just women, it's people who are capable of giving birth, which is a much more gender inclusive term. I am super grateful for that amazing doctor from uh, USC who told us that people are capable of giving birth, period. And it's no need to uh, use other terms other than people who are capable of giving birth and people who are not capable of giving birth. And basically, y'all, 70% of people who are not capable of giving birth are deciding everything for the rest of us. And I the hell don't know why y'all are letting it happen. Now, when I say y'all and why am I addressing white people? It's because black people and indigenous people, brown people, Asian people, we cannot in America, we cannot fix the problems and what is going on. White people have to decide for themselves that they have had enough. And so um, a little kind of way, you know, more about background The reason I talk about this is because I have been following politics for close to 50 years. It's probably like 48 years, but I've been following politics since 1974. And so since we're in July of 2022, I'm going to just call it, you know, like 48 years, right? And literally following congressional races, following, working on campaigns. I've worked on several... I just had to laugh at myself. I've worked on several presidential campaigns, including Dukakis Benson, uh, including um, Jesse Jackson, uh, including um, uh, Barack Obama, of course. But um, just I think the fact that I worked on Dukakis Benson is super interesting. Oh, and I worked on uh, Mondale Ferraro. <laughs> campaign. Okay. So I'm a political junkie. Uh, Shirley Chisholm was the first black U S Congresswoman. I loved her, followed her. Uh, Jimmy Carter was my first president that I feel like he was my president. I actually went in the voting booth and held my mom's hand as she pulled down the leather, the lever. I actually went in with my, uh, grandmother, 
my grandfather wouldn't let me go in with him. And now years later, I know it's because he's a Republican and he didn't vote for Jimmy Carter. Now I know that. And I didn't know that back then, but my grandmother was a Democrat. Black people used to be Democrats in the uh, sixties and seventies because we felt like the Democrats helped with unions and stuff like that. And black people were in some big cities allowed to get in unions and make the same money as white people. And so they were able to buy houses and things in those same neighborhoods. But then, you know, white people moved out further as more black people moved up, you know, then you had gentrification from the poor white people and all of that, all of that. But I say all of that to say that I've been following politics history, economics, and business my entire life. My very first job um, literally was as a business consultant and technology um, uh, strategist basically for an insurance company. I had that job in 1984 working for an insurance company um, that did things like now we would call it a combination DMV uh, as well as like mail package delivery Plus like, you know, an insurance company. And we also did things like back then we did telegrams, but then we converted to faxes, even though some people still did telegrams, uh, money orders, which are like, uh, like, especially if you're sending money overseas, you used to have to do it all the time, but now you can just use electric money, but we used to have to do like paper transactions and triplicate uh, money orders and, and things like that and make copies for people. Uh, we used to sell stamps. So anyway, I did all of that. It was my very first job at the age of 15 in 1984, back when Prince was singing Dove's Cry and LL Cool J was talking about doing it and doing it well. Um, and you know, I have, have always remained interested and up to date on politics, on history. I not only took all those advanced courses in high school because I was in AP courses by the time I was in ninth grade because I had all these high test scores because I learned how to read super early and I had to read the New York Times and Wall Street Journal and Philadelphia Inquirer and Bulletin and Encyclopedia because I didn't go to school um, the first year of life where everybody else went in kindergarten, um, I stayed around a bunch of grownups. And because was nobody teaching preschool or daycare or nothing like that, I had two options, coloring and reading newspapers and reading books and reading the Bible and different Bibles, Torahs, um, Torahs, um, uh, versions, uh, you know, like little uh, religious books of different kind, like, you know, Later Day Saints and Jehovah Witness. But like, I literally read so much as a really, really young child. And so it really spurred my, I guess, progression and development and maturity early. And so now fast forward at 53, I just have so much perspective, so much life, so much experience and so much insight to bring to the world. And, you know, being a very, very pro-black a pro-black woman, black person, and a very pro-black woman, pro-black woman, black woman, I don't boss black people around or tell black people what they need to do. But what I do do for black people is I try to motivate and inspire black people to make it through this mess, to survive the trauma that is our everyday existence as this world shows us every day, all the time, at work and at home, no matter what, that it hates us. And so I don't boss black people around and I don't um, talk bad about black people. Um, 
there are some black people that I absolutely can't stand because they are harming black people. And those people include people like the Senator Tim Scott, the um, uh, Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas, um, you know, people like that, uh, Herschel Walker and people who are stepping to the patriarchy just because they're rich and they think that, you know, their OJ moment has not arrived and they do not yet have to handle the impact of, you know, their blackness um, because they have been doing what, what white supremacy wants. They've been doing what capitalism wants. They've been doing what the forefathers, descendants want, who are all the big same old people in charge now. They just have different names and things, right? Because they've married different people and all of that. But those same people that founded the country, that founded us on slavery and genocide are the same people that are running a different a new set of slavery and a different new set of genocide and a new set of repopulating the uh this part of the world right with uh exploitative labor which is why Roe v Wade was overturned and the fact that people are making it about I don't know what you're making it about but the fact that you're not doing anything is really insane and I think to me when when you know on July 1 when the president said that he's predicting women will be arrested. That's not a prediction. So I don't give a damn unless you got helicopters and you can get planes and you have not tracking your period in anything, including the last time you went to a doctor. What they trying to tell you white ladies is that when y'all try to cross the border to get an abortion, they going to lock your ass up and your doctor. So if you are a person that loves a person that's capable of giving birth and you want them to be able to choose for themselves, then the question is, what are you going to do about this? And the answer is not, oh, that there's nothing you could do or you going to vote because it's not about voting because the people who've decided the, all the laws that are getting overturned, those people are going to be in office for another 10, 15, 20, 30 years. Clarence Thomas is going to be dead or tried and convicted for treason within the next five to 10 years. He's going to be dead. It's not going to matter what he's going to say. But Gorsuch and Amy Comey Barrett and um, the crybaby Kavanaugh and whoever else they put on there, I can't even remember, all of them is going to be on the court for the next 30 years. Y'all not going to be able to get rid of them, period, period. And so voting is not the answer to solving what's happening now. You have got to take some kind of collective action. So what I feel like my job is as an observer of all this and as a person who's been in PWIs, PWSs, that stands for predominantly white institutions, predominantly like white spaces. That means I'm usually the only black woman in every room I'm in. And I have been probably since 1987. If it's another black woman, oh my God, I usually always am just praying and hoping that she is really uh, a a skinfolk that is a kinfolk as opposed to a skinfolk that's a coon, like a, a, a Clarence Thomas type of person or a Tim Scott type of person or a Candace Owens. Those are black people who are not helping black people at all. So those are the black people that I just don't re address or have any regard other than calling them coons. Coons and Candaces, I guess, but I don't care about those people. I care about the rest of the black people who are either, you know, 
um, just trying to out here make it or who are not even hardly barely making it. And I'm going to motivate and inspire black people. But for white people and for non-black people, I'm just curious as to when y'all are going to do something to improve your own conditions because you've already proven that you don't care about black people. So I'm not one of those anti-racist educators that's screaming black lives matter, even though black lives do matter. And I will say black lives matter all day, every day. I will post it on every post that I post on the internet um, just because black lives do matter, even though the world tells us that they don't. And because I know it makes people um, report my posts, that makes me post, keep posting it. So I'm going to post black lives matter hashtag on every post I post all the time because black lives do matter. And I'm a black person. And literally my life mattering is a matter of life or death. And I think I have even, you know, a, a higher life expectancy as a light skinned black person that's 50 than a dark skinned black person in this country. And so to me, I am fighting for not only my life, but the life of all black people. And so my constant and concerning question to white people is when will you have had enough and when are you going to decide to do something? So now, right, the thing that I have seen, the thing that I have noticed, the thing that is just like above and beyond, right, uh, to me, like I'm wondering when you, as far as a white group of people, right? Unless you just hate yourselves and you just hate your children so much that you just don't give a shit. But are you really ready to see 10 and 11 year old pregnant people, pregnant little kiddos? Because I think a 10, 11 year old is a kiddo, even if they have gone through a little bit of puberty and they have some buds and some facial hair or some underarm hair and some, you know, deep little voice or whatever, you know, that they're, they're still a kid. Why should they be forced to bring a baby into the world? But as a white person, you've said to yourself and many of you have acknowledged and said, well, at least I'm not black. So no matter what happens, no matter how poor I am, at least I'm not black. And there's always that. I can always step down on a black person. Now, indigenous people, there's not a, a lot of them maybe in your surroundings that are, you know, openly identifying themselves as a Native American. Um, so it's probably a little more difficult, but it's very easy to find a black person to spit on, to stomp on, or to call the N-word. It's very easy to find ways to make lives harder for black people without putting much effort in. And that is where, you know, the deep, deep levels of anti-blackness come in, but even demonstrates a deeper level of your internalized, um, you know, self-loathing, shame, hatred, you know, and all of that, right, that you haven't dealt with because of your own whiteness, because of whatever you have in your family history. So is a white person in America that did not immigrate here after 1865, if you got here before 1865, your family either owned slaves, worked on plantations next to slaves, as maybe indentured servants or uh, were poor and, and after uh, enslaved Africans were given any kind of freedom or whatever, you were like, no, the heck with that. They're not going to be equal to me. That, those are the three backgrounds that are in your family, right? Either you own slaves you work side by side with slaves because your family was indentured, right? Or you was poor and you didn't have slaves. So then when the slaves, formerly enslaved people, black people, black 
enslaved Africans got their rights, you were like, uh, uh, uh. And then that group, plus the people who own slaves, plus the people who work for slaves, y'all decided, oh, no, no, no. I will always be better than black people. And that is what is in your lineage. That is what's in your history. Now, for those of you who have abolitionists in your lineage and history, y'all might be out there doing the work. Maybe that's Jane Elliott's people. I don't know. I don't know. But what I do know is that now y'all have let racism get you so bad and you have let racism impact your judgment such that now all the people that y'all have put in power and control are down for childhood rape and childhood forced birth and removing rights from people capable of giving birth so that they can increase the white population to make more poor white people and you rich white people and people driving the Teslas and BMWs, y'all just think it's never going to catch up to you. You don't think that it's not going to bother you when the girl that looks just like your daughter is serving you a $7 latte and she's pregnant. Who do you think is going to be working in the factories? Who you think is going to be working in all the fast food restaurants that are popping up bit by bit by bit by bit so these corporations can keep getting money? Because everything is a big grift now. It's a big grift. And the grift is so big that y'all even letting the planet burn up to where the climate scientists... Now they really screaming and going berserko. They going berserk. They getting locked up. Republicans... (laughs) is locking them up they locking up climate people because they trying to tell the rest of the world that the billionaires are killing us and that we only got until 2050 and it's going to be so super bad that nobody's even going to be able to believe it and that's only 28 years from now that's only 28 years from now my daughter won't even be 50 So I'm just saying, when white people, will y'all have had enough? So, okay. So even if you have money, you or your doctor could get locked up if you try to go across the state to get an abortion. And if you think that deleting a period app is going to keep somebody from knowing when your period is, if you're a woman and you have ever told your doctor or nurse or urgent care or got an x-ray and told people when your last period is, they know when your period comes on and they can estimate right? Uh, how old you are based on if you still have a period, right? And they can estimate, okay, well, you're going out of town on this time, huh? Boom, boom, boom. So, so listen, our rights are diminishing. Now, black people, we don't have as many rights as white people anyway. And we are perfectly clear. We understand that even though we have been fighting and asking y'all to fight along with us, y'all have refused to fight. And now, that the chickens are coming home to roost, even though I think you believe that the chickens are invisible at some point, And that is the great thing about podcasts and the fact that they last forever is at some point you are going to figure out for yourselves, shit, we need to do something. And I want it to be sooner rather than later. And the other thing, right, is, you know, It can't just be about staying so distracted and so distant from people whose problems and everyday concerns are different than your own. At some point, you have to say, but damn, I know I have X amount in the bank, but I do still care about human beings. 
At some point, you have to recognize and realize that 89% of Americans are four, five, six hundred $600 away from a financial catastrophe. 60% of Americans live in poverty. 50% of kids live in poverty. I mean, like, what are we doing, right? Like, we're just pretending that we don't know because it's too painful to talk about. We're pretending we don't know because, because it's we're not used to metabolizing strong feelings. All of us are not, not used to metabolizing strong feelings. White people are not used to metabolizing strong feelings because your feelings have been protected. Everything has been protected. You were given third base with no shortstop. And all you had to do was just walk it home. And you've been doing that. But then you see that, oh, you have been given this unfair advantage, but you were promised it. And then you see other people that are just trying to get a little bit of equality and it is really coming down on you and it's feeling like it's stomping you and it's stepping on you and it's, and I understand and I get it. But because of that, right, we are really at a really messed up point and human rights are deteriorating. Gay rights are going to be gone. Marriage rights. I don't give a shit what they telling you. It's going to be, it's, it's judges that the previous orange president put in that are going to be there. And when you go to get your marriage license, they're going to look at you and your partner, whoever y'all are, it doesn't matter what you look like. And they're going to stamp on the stamp on the dotted line, whether or not you can get married. I don't give a shit what the federal law says. It's just like voting. The law says I can vote. But if it's 10 white dudes with guns and Confederate flags standing at the post office, when I go to drop my ballot off, do you think I'm going to put my thing in there? You think I'm going to put it in the mailbox there? I don't even vote in my neighborhood. I vote in my old neighborhood where I used to live, where it's Indian people and black people and Korean and Vietnamese and Thai and Filipino and white people is Canadian lady. There's like different people of different backgrounds in my old neighborhood. That's where I will take my ballot. As long as I live here in Oregon, I will never mail it in my neighborhood. Cause I don't know who might be there. Who might be there. It's bad enough. I get tons of hate, hate type, uh, mails and publications with all kind of hateful shit in it. Um, so I'm not going to vote in my neighborhood. And so I say that to say that I'm used to toughing it out as life as a black woman. And black people in this country are used to toughing it out as black people and surviving in any way they can. So I don't tell black people what to do or how to act. But what I do do is ask the question and I challenge white people, the so-called good white people, the so-called liberal white people, the so-called progressive white people. I challenge you to stop numbing out, to stop zoning out, to stop being oblivious and stop acting as this this tragedy that's befalling literally 52% of us um, is not a big deal, that it's not something that's really messed up. Literally, black people are already in a really bad condition. All this is going to do is make it worse for us. But literally, our condition is very bad. And yeah, you might see, you know, a couple of people win some gold medals and you see a person get promoted to a VP job or you see somebody, you know, with a fancy house or you see one person with a nice car that you don't feel like they, do, they that they should have or that they deserve or whatever the case. But the bottom line is that black people um, as 13 percent of what they say the population is. And I know that we're more than that. Um, cause they undercount black people so that they can keep the vote down and so that we don't know. And because they keep all the black people who are in prison from counting and being counted on the census, I think black people are probably 16, 17, or 18, or maybe even 19% of the country. But the bottom line is that because of the continual murder 
and imprisonment of black people, black men specifically, right? Um, and, and the way that black women are treated financially and in the healthcare system, they've been slowly eliminating black people uh, and trying to, right? The same way they did with indigenous Americans, right? Uh, because they don't want to give the land back. But now white people, people that have jobs, people that are on LinkedIn, people that got time to listen to podcasts, people who are making six and seven figures, people who have money in the bank, kids in college, you have some choices to make. And those choices are about how you going to show up and what are you going to do? And I think that when you have had enough, you know, I think about how I'm a very literal person and because I was a communication major and, and, you know, I was also conditioned within white supremacist structures and white supremacist mindset. I have a lot of conditioning and I, I think and do a lot of things in threes, right? And I always think, you know, tell white people three things and tell people three things so that they can remember them. But right now, I don't really know if y'all can handle three things because you got a lot of stuff that you haven't unpacked yet. So my first takeaway for today, my episode four is unpack your shit. When white people have had enough, you will unpack your shit. That's the title of the episode, unpack your shit. When you have enough, you will unpack your shit. And what do I mean unpack your shit? Well, I think you can unpack your shit in three ways. Number one, unpack your shit personally. Number two, unpack your shit privately. And number three, unpack your shit professionally. Unpack your shit personally. What does that mean? I think you need to dig inside, dig deep, deep, deep. Let me tell you one thing that white supremacy does to black people is make us overly examine ourselves, overly assess ourselves, as Zach talked about in the newsletter. We overly assess our blackness and how we show up because of white supremacy and assess yourselves not at all is what is what white people do. So the first thing you need to do is do some personal introspection. You need to personally look at your shit and unpack it. So what kind of stuff do you need to unpack? Number one, you need to unpack your beliefs and the things that you were taught growing up. Were you taught black people are stupid, black people are lazy, black people are dumb? I don't know what the hell were you taught. Were you taught that Sweet Home Alabama is the, the Jimmy Jam and all of that needs to happen and this is what it is and boom, 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 antebellum South and Confederate flag is nothing wrong with that it's our heritage if so you got to unpack a whole lot of shit and first thing you need to do is some homework but everybody needs to unpack their personal stuff right you need to examine what makes you you what actually defines who you are and makes you say yeah this is who I am and you have to figure out is that who you want to be in the future if you know that your entire family are racist people who got a bunch of confederate memorabilia old slavery shackles and pictures of hangings and nooses you need to decide what kind of person you want to be and what you going to stand for if you rather be around your family just because they're family and that's the kind of family you got then i i kind of really pity you and it tells me you got a lot of personal introspection to go to do and i'll tell you um yes it is hard to walk away from family it is hard to do that personal introspection however it's necessary for your own growth and development. I had to do it. I had to walk away from my family. Me and my daughter and my dog, um, we left our family. Uh, they left us and then we just said, okay, cool. Um, and we moved on and got over it in 2018. It's a whole long story, but I don't talk to anybody in my family other than three cousins, 
four cousins, three over text, two phone, five cousins, I guess. Um, and really that's it. Uh, because I do not, um, associate with people who are, uh, bad for me, period. I do not put myself in spaces around people who are traumatic for me. I do not put myself in spaces around people who will harm me. I do not put myself around people who will trigger, uh, things in me because of harm that they have previous caused in me. So I don't hang around my family, period, full stop. I do not hang around liars. I don't hang around thieves. And people who lie and people who steal are also people that gaslight you because that's one of the ways. And that's, those are two ways that you can gaslight people is through lying, um, you know, and, and stealing is another whole kind of piece of it because you steal people's, um, you know, time and energy and resources. Um, and so I just don't deal with a lot of people. I don't deal with a lot of you know, like companies in terms of buying things from companies that a lot of people use, services that people use. I try to find alternate things um, because I just try to stay away from areas that I know are more harmful to me. Just like I try to watch very carefully what I absorb in. So I don't watch black trauma. I'll read a quick story just to catch a snippet, but I'm not going to watch a a black person get killed. And I'm not going to hear the description. I'll just see what city, when it happened, the high level, and then I move on. Just the facts, ma'am, because I'm not going to get involved every day in it because it's just like a member of my family getting killed every time I hear about a black person getting killed. Now, I know that that is not the same for white people, and I get it, but I want to know when will you have had enough such that you'll start to unpack your shit. So first, you're going to unpack it personally. You're going to look inside and get your stuff figured out. Secondly, you're going to do it privately. One thing that... um white people do on LinkedIn and on different social media, especially on TikTok, is always trying to unload their own bullshit onto strangers on the internet. You need to do that shit privately. You need to unpack your stuff privately because all you're doing is triggering and terrorizing and traumatizing other people and you're not learning anything that way. You need to unpack your shit privately. Watch all the anti-racism education. Watch all of the you know, black, um, womanism education, follow all of the black educators and liberators out here, but keep your damn mouth shut and process and unpack your shit privately. So number one, personally, look at your life, you as a person, yourself, your character, your beliefs, your history. Number two, privately, don't get black people, brown people, indigenous people, queer people, disabled people, neurodivergent people, involved in your bullshit. Get it figured out. Okay. Personally and privately. And finally, professionally. Now I know for a fact, healthcare in America is shit and y'all could do something. Y'all could fix that if you wanted to, but no Obamacare, whatever. Um, healthcare is shit, but you need to unpack your shit professionally. So that means you need to use some professionally developed resources. Even if it's something like a few of these apps that's out here that have been, uh, what's the word recommended by various mental health organizations, you can Google and do some really strong, um, really not strong, really serious research and look for certified, you know, board certified mental health online resources for your community, because often it has to be state by state, which is another messed up thing about America. Y'all could fix that too. Y'all got all them guns and y'all don't use them for anything smart, but that's a whole nother topic. Um, 
you know, but, but you need to do that, right? So you can use apps. You can use your EAP if you have a company that has something, right? You can look for 411 in your area or 211 in your area. They say this 998 is supposed to be working. I don't know, but it's brand new, but check it out. But get some professional help, okay, to unpack your shit. So you need to unpack your shit personally, privately, and professionally, okay? And when you start to have had enough, when you are sick and tired of being sick and tired, when you are over the way things are, when you want to see things change, when you want to see a radical shift, when you have had enough, you are going to unpack your shit. And I think that we can talk and deep dive about unpacking your shit and what it looks like. But, um, you know, I'm going to keep on talking about what white people will do when they have had enough and keep on um, engaging with you and keep on talking about it. And I want you to get mad and start thinking about the world going in a more positive direction if you don't like the way it's going. If you're happy that only 48% of the people have their rights and that that number really, when it gets down to it, is going to be even smaller. If you're happy with that, then okay, cool. This ain't the podcast for you anyway. You know, deuces all the way. But if you're not, I want to hear from you and I want to know what are you willing to do. So with that, hey guys, my name, oh, I can't believe I said guys, ah! hey, people, people, you know what? Old habits, they say die hard. And, you know, um, back in the day, I was telling somebody, we used to call everybody man and nobody was mad because man meant human, but I do not ever want to be, um, exclusive. Um, so I like to say people, party, people, y'all peeps and stuff like that. But Hey, I want to say thank you for tuning in. My name is Vonda page. I'm the radical results mentor for decision makers with real challenges who are ready, ready to meet the moment. I am also the CEO of Radical Change LLC, a boutique change advisory and guidance consultancy firm, specifically working with leaders who are ready to level up from leader to legendary status beyond the status quo so that they can succeed. Um, and um, I'm also a talk show host, pie show uh, host, um, creative that's like out here in these streets, y'all trying to get people to, um, wake up and pay attention. We are not powerless against all the forces that are trying to tell us how to live and how to keep us from living our best lives in every way. And we need to use our power, but more specifically white people, y'all have a whole set of power, a whole set of privilege, a whole set of potential that you're not putting in place. And I want to see you do that ASAP. So, Hey, thank you so much for listening. My name is Vonda page. I'm the radical results mentor. Hit me up at Vonda at VondaPage.com. Get on all the socials and find my content and Hey, sign up for my next, uh, masterclass. Go to leader to legend exclusive.com. Um, check out the info and register and Hey, I will see you soon. And hey, when white people have had enough, you are going to unpack your shit. And I know that that day is coming. I'll see you soon. Thanks for listening. When you're building a culture of belonging, every word counts. That's why Textio brings the world's most advanced language insights into your hiring and employer brand content. Our industry-leading approach to artificial intelligence and machine learning 
provides the tools needed to find more diverse candidates. In short, Textio builds more equitable workspaces, guiding businesses and writing more inclusive job posts. And we're building on that success by bringing even more products to the market for all people who share our belief that language matters. Words have power. And at Textio, we harness that power to increase the access and availability of value-driven work for everyone.